by the time you hear this podcast, you'll be reminded once again that all music is social music. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon from the flight deck. We're cruising at 37,000 feet. We just passed over the coast. We'll be beginning our descent in about uh, 30 minutes. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome you to America. Yeah. Uh. Uh. I was made in America. Land of the free, home of the brave. And right up under your nose, you might see a sex slave being traded. And we'll do anything for the money. Boy, mama might sell her babies. Sell porn, sell pills, anything to pay the bills, anything to bring that paper. Gotta scratch that itch, gotta scratch them ticks. I ain't rich, but I might be. And I'ma shoot these flicks, I'ma turn these tricks, anything for a slight fee. Yeah, made in America. Mama told me that I belong here. Had to earn our stripes, had to learn our rights, had to fight for a home here. But I wouldn't know a thing about that. All I know is drugs and rap. I probably could have been some kind of doctor instead of holding guns and crap. I was born in the mainland, great-grandpa from a strange land. He was stripped away and given bricks to lay. I guess you could say he a slave hand, but I was made in America. So I don't know a thing about that. All I know is Uncle Sam looking for me, working on his corner, so I know I got to pay tax. Getting paid in America. I was raised in America. And this is all I ever known. If I'm wrong, then you better come save me, America. Welcome to 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 America. Man, I die for America. I served my time for America. Got shot, shot back, went to war, got back, and ain't nobody give a jack in America. I could have lost my life, why I lost my wife? I can't even get right in my homeland. Welcome to, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. Wait, hold on. Okay, do that again. I'm Ben. (laughs) We are on Facebook Live, and we are back with another episode. Thank you to everyone listening so far, and uh, who have watched and listened and enjoyed. We definitely appreciate it. If you are... Uh, well, if you want to find out where you can find us, if you're watching us on Facebook live, you're already there. Yep. (laughs) Facebook live. Uh, well, you can see us on Facebook live, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this, uh, that is also, we also direct you to our website by the time you hear this.com, the website and the Facebook URL are both spelled with the word you Y O U. If you want to get with us on other social media, such as Instagram, we're on there too at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, questions, concerns, ideas for shows. If you're an independent artist, we'll listen to your music and discuss it on our podcast Mm -hmm. for absolutely free. Yep. Yep. And if you want to listen to us on the go, because this is a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you're likely to be listening to this on the go. You can listen to us on uh, well, you can subscribe. If you have an iPhone, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes. If you have an Android phone, you can listen on Google Music. Mm-hmm. If uh, using either of those, if you're able to leave us a review, we greatly appreciate it. Oh, yes, we would. We would. Five star review. <clears throat> and if it's funny, we'll uh, we'll read it out loud on the show. <laughs> Um, we're also on Podomatic. If you use the Podomatic app, 
We're also on CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Auto Radio, and other aggregate podcast apps that you can probably download for absolutely free. Yep, yep. All right, so um, let's get into the show, man. Um, (laughs) So the... There was someone, you know, doing the national anthem is always, yeah. Um, it's an important event. Sometimes yeah. we get a little adjustment here. All right, here we go. So doing yeah. the national anthem, uh, we normally don't talk about it unless it's like for the Super Bowl. Normally for the NBA All Star Game, it's uh, which is that's becoming their Super Bowl. Though. That's what they're trying to. Yeah, make it. they're trying to make it that way to where. There are announcements made of who performs at halftime. I did not see any RD's halftime show at all. I saw a little bit of it. Um, actually, um, person that I, I shoot with a lot, um, Kenesha, shout out to Kenesha, was dancing in the Super Bowl. And not the Super Bowl half. Well, she's dancing the Super Bowl halftime show with Beyonce, but she was dancing with NERD. I did not know that at the time, but they they were excellent. So, yeah, I, it was in the background. I'm not going to act like I was like you know focused on it. I was <laughs> cooking lasagna. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> The Star Spangled Banner. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're playing That's price for you. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's worse than I remember. Who's doing that? <laughs> Is this the remix? And those are dribbles and there's the beat. <laughs> Okay, so they made a negative and turned into a positive. <laughs> Did while I am do this? No. <laughs> he wishes. Can you send that to my phone? That's really I kind of like that actually. <laughs> so that is a uh, Sway the Remix God. Uh, he did. Uh, if you remember the um, with Shirley Caesar, the I Got Beans. Yeah, beans, that was him. Is, okay. Yeah, he okay. he remixed that. So that um, was that made it palatable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Fergie has, um, got some deserved criticism as far as that goes. And if you saw during the, um, during while she was singing (laughs) the close up on players, like (laughs) Draymond Green couldn't keep a straight face. They put it on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel (laughs) looked confused. I think. Yeah. Was he the only other celebrity they put it on? Uh, that's the only one I remember. Okay. Yeah, no one could keep a straight face. Draymond broke character, as I would. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> um, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. And it wasn't because she did something different. Because there's nothing wrong with doing something different. She was flat. Oh, my gosh. She was so flat. Like, half the time. Um, and then I felt like at the end, she goes, ah! she was trying to save it. And that made yeah, it worse. It was, it was part. Um, I, I Someone on Twitter said. If she, if her goal was to sing it in the key of "Happy Birthday, Mr. President," then she succeeded. <laughs> um, 
was it Charles Barkley who said, I think I need a cigarette after yes, that? Yes, yes, <laughs> he did. And and then and then Shaq tried to defend it. It's like and Charles was like, No, you're not getting her out of this one. No, it <laughs> It was so bad. And it was out of like I think what what made it seem so bad is that she does she's a pop singer. Yeah, she is a pop singer. Pop borderline R and B. Uh, her trying to do something like jazzy. Uh, well, I think people thought she was a better school. singer than she was. Yeah, I, I and it might it might have nerves might have been part of it. M- maybe I, I, I think I, a little bit, a little at least a little bit. I'm it was sorry, nerves. but I've heard enough of her singing to know that if I'm Fergie, I turn that down. You can't like some people are like only there's no you know bad presses. No, turn that down. You do not. Do hey, that. look, um, I forget the name of her album. Uh, I know it's something. I don't know if it's the Duchess Part the Duchess Two, Part Two, I think or something so. like that. But and look, I don't think it's selling very well. <laughs> she needed that. She kind of needed it. She's not on this Black Eyed Peas new song. I I don't think I still haven't heard the song. But if she's not on that, then um, you know, she needed some kind of boost. Yeah. Double Duchess, excuse us. Double Duchess. Double Duchess. So, yeah, it, I don't think it's doing very well. It uh, is. Uh, so far, it has topped out at 19. Yeah. On the Billboard Hot 200. New Zealand, it, it's on their Heat Seekers album. It made it to the. And the UK likes it. It, it topped their R&B album charts. But she's trying to get well, a boost in America, at least. Yeah. Um, it's not doing too well here. Yeah. So she needed, she needed something. Yeah. Had to do something. No, I, I already, I knew she couldn't sing. And so that's why I got very nervous when they brought her out. She's never done a song like that where she needed to like really use technique. She did one song and it was not a single. It was from the Poseidon soundtrack and it was, it, the good, it was a good song, but you could tell like there were, there were probably some parts where like, we got to dumb this down for Fergie. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's not so. Look, she'll come back from this. Yeah, I'm sure she will. I think the the only thing, the only like thing I, I mean, it might have been con- a contractual thing, but like her first solo album came out like over ten years ago. Oh yeah. And then the next one, like. I, like the Black Eyed Peas made like one album or an album and a half or something in that whole time. So I don't know if it was a contractual thing to where she wasn't putting out new music or Will I Am didn't want to write write for her anymore. <laughs> um, well, I think I Charlie Puth did some work with her. Um, and it says after, so they had two albums after concluding two worldwide tours with the Black Eyed Peas in support of the end and the beginning. Real original Will I Am. Um, the end, I know it stood for the energy, energy never, never dies. dies. And then the next time was called the beginning. I don't think that was an ac- acronym or anagram. Yeah. I don't know which one it's supposed to be, but yeah. I don't think it was, it stood for anything. So, um, yeah. Cause I know she did a couple of songs. Oh yeah. She did that. A little party never hurt, killed nobody. Oh yeah. For the, the great, great Gatsby. Gatsby. <laughs> that was so bad. I actually um, like that song. You did. I but it not. sounded like, um, the uh the song by LMFAO which one um uh, 
Is it the Everyday I'm Shuffling? Or? Yeah, the one that okay. had that line in it. Yeah, Everyday because I'm it was Shuffling. A, it was the same. It was the same producer. So oh, the songs sound exactly... Goon Rock. The, yep. So the songs okay. sound exactly the same. Okay. Well, not exactly. I'm Sexy same, and I Know It. But they sound like... That's the name of it. I'm Sexy and I Know It. Well, that's another one. They all sound alike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah, sex and party, rock, party anthem. rock anthem. Party okay. rock anthem. Party rock anthem oh, and does. a little party never okay. hurt nobody sound very very similar. David Jamal Listenby. Listen to me, listen be. I'm stopping. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, it kind of like. Would you rather like hear her try to do the national anthem again, or would you rather hear uh, the Migos? I'd rather hear the Migos. Did you ever hear that? That national anthem? Yes. It was awesome. (laughs) Shout out to Reggie Cuz. So one thing that did get overlooked, and and I won't go too far here, um, the Bare Naked Lady singing O Canada. Hmm. Really well. Like, really good. I missed missed that, but I didn't know. I didn't even watch the game. Yeah. I watched part of it. It was pretty boring. But yeah, they did O Canada. And of course, they don't have the the big one anymore because um, he had drug problem. (laughs) The lead singer? Yeah. The one who wore glasses? Yes, Ben. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he had drug problems and apparently was like a, you know, a big D bag. Um, our old guest, Matt, the one that did all the boat stuff, the boat tours and stuff, he can tell you all about that, but they can't perform any of those songs. <laughs> so it's, Wait, like legally? Legally, yeah, they can't do any oh. of those songs. Their biggest hits, they can't play. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are all the hits? Yeah, they can't do them. It's like, play one week. Uh, so uh, we'll play "Pinch Me Again." <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, good luck to them. Yeah, good luck to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get to the uh, charts here, really quick. Uh, Hot 100 top 10 songs here. Number one for the second week in a row is um, "God's Plan" by Drake. Uh, a lot was made of him um, shooting the video at Miami Senior High School. I, I think that's what it is. It uh, he had about a million dollar budget. When he gave it away. And right? he gave it all okay. away. in <laughs> <laughs> scholarships and charity and all that. Good for him. Um, number two, uh, Perfect by the most influential artist in black music. We got to get him a new nickname pretty soon. Like something like... Um... The Red Goblin. I don't know. I'll think. <laughs> I'll think of something. Um, the weirdest looking superstar in pop. Oh music. God! Yeah, yeah. He is. He's got like a one eye this way. <laughs> but he made it. He made it. You know, he's like the modern day Christopher Cross. Like they don't care. Uh, number three, finesse by Bruno Mars and love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Number four, Havana by the artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony featuring Young Thug. Glad you remember that. I forgot it. <laughs> number five. This is actually number six last week, so we, we missed a week as far as doing this, but that's okay. Uh, number five is Look Alive by Blockboy JB featuring Drake. Um, it's, it's one of the, this is one of those, another one of those instances to where a song because a hit song because Drake is on it. Yeah, didn't he do that to Hannah Montana? Not Hannah Montana. Um, I love Macadin. Tuesday. 
That too, yeah. But the Migos remix that he did. Oh, Versace. Um, Versace, not Hannah Montana. Versace, yeah. He got on that and <laughs> blows up. Like, is this the Drake effect? <laughs> um, number six, Rockstar by Sirius Malone featuring 21 Savage. Number seven, All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Number eight, Meant to Be by B.B. Rexa and Florida Georgia Line, the Nickelback of country music. <laughs> Number nine, Pray For Me by The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar. And number 10, Stir Fry by Migos. All right, we can go to the Billboard 200. These are the top 10 albums. Number one, it was number one last week. It is number one this week, the Black Panther soundtrack. Um, I still haven't seen the film yet. Me either. I, I wanted to go see it, but I, I, of course, I gotta go out of town now, so I have no clue I'm gonna see it. And uh, I'm gonna try to see it this week. I dare not go see it at a movie theater in Detroit. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, number two, Culture Two by Migos. Number three, it's still way up here. The yeah. Greatest Showman soundtrack. Who's buying this thing? I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> Um, and they will probably get, probably stay up there next week with, um, uh, the performance of the Oscar nominated song. This is me. Uh, the Oscars are coming on this coming Sunday as of this recording. Uh, and it will be, uh, the actress who sang it in the film. It won't oh, she's be Kesha. Gonna do it? Yeah. It's nice. not Kesha. Good. So. <laughs> <laughs> number four, debuting at number four this week is victory laps. Excuse me. Victory lap. By Nipsey Hussle. Uh, number five, By the Way I Forgive You by Brandi Carlisle, debuting at number five. Who are these people? I think Brandi Carlisle. I think she's a, she's either a country artist or one of those people, one of those singers who gets lumped in with like Ingrid Michaelson and Sarah Bareilles. Okay. Yeah. She's a folk rock and Americana singer. So she might get in there with that. Yeah. Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> um, number six, man of the woods by Justin Timberlake. Number seven, divide by the most influential, weirdest looking superstar <laughs> in black music. <laughs> I didn't expect all that. <laughs> number eight, damn by Kendrick Lamar. And number nine, Stony by Sirius Malone. And number 10, it was number five last week. The 50 shades freed soundtrack. What's on that? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. What's well, there's another song that Zayn and well, no, that was on the the, the previous Fifty Shades soundtrack. That well, a song Zane with Zayn and Taylor Swift. Saya. Um. Let's see here. So we got um, Haley Steinfeld, Rita Ora, Julian Michaels. Oh, yeah, that track two, the Rita Ora and Liam Payne. I okay, think that's that supposed to be the big single Okay, for the soundtrack. I don't see any deer in headlights. Eh, sigh. Is this Maybe I'm Amazed? I hope it's not like. Oh, uh, it's the uh, the Paul McCartney okay. song. I thought it was like not Lone, Lone Star. Star. No, not Lone Star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why did they put, they put Love Me Like You Do again? Yeah, did they just bring it back for every movie? <laughs> I think so because I like I I I list I you know kind of scrolled through it. I th it was the same track, so it's the love theme. <laughs> That's kind of cheating. It just but... <laughs> every every credits just roll it, just roll it. <laughs> I right, get to the artist one hundred. Uh, he has a well, he has a top song album not out yet, but two songs in the top ten. 
Uh, Drake is number one this week. Uh, he was number one last week, number two this week. The most influential, weirdest looking superstar in black music. Christopher Cross. <laughs> <laughs> the millennial Christopher Cross. Cross. <laughs> number three, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Number four last week. Number four this week. Number six last week. The retired but soon to be unretired 2K Legends. Imagine Dragons. Relevant. I don't know. Like, Kudos to them, man. They're staying relevant. Like, they're... Oof. Number five, Bruno Mars. He was number five last week. Number two last week. Number six this week, Justin Timberlake. Number seven, and they were number seven last week, the Migos. Number eight, and number eight last week, love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Shake it, shake it. <laughs> <laughs> number nine, uh, Sirius Malone. He was number 10 last week. And rounding out the top 10, she was number 11 last week. The artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony. Hmm. All right. All right. I don't know why, but Sirius Malone sounds like a children's book to me. Kind of like Curious George. <laughs> Hello, kids. Oh, I was thinking of something along the lines of like Encyclopedia Brown. I could see that too. <laughs> Sirius Malone goes around solving cases with his friends. <laughs> I told you that's what a mystery team was. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Exactly. I imagine if, if Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for the charts there. Um, it's always interesting to hear, you know, I would always want to discuss the uh, whenever there's something going on with Prince's estate or Michael Jackson's estate, mm -hmm. uh, just to get an idea of, you know, someone who has passed and they had all of this material that the world has not gotten to see uh, or you know how is their image going to be uh, portrayed going forward um, like I have a niece who is I wouldn't say obsessed with Marilyn Monroe but just a huge fan mm -hmm. like has a lot of shirts with her image how on it is she? 18 okay yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know there's a lot of you see a lot of that as far as like, you know, an iconic image or whatever. So the estate of Prince has struck a deal, a merchandise deal with the Minnesota twins. Now we all know Prince is from Minneapolis and the, this year the twins will offer Prince branded merchandise uh, year round. after they uh, secured a deal with the singer's estate, the agreement also ensures that the twins will once again celebrate the Minnesota icons legacy with the second annual Prince night at target field. And uh, the twins will sell items like purple hats featuring the love symbol and the team's TC twin cities logo, as well as Prince branded baseballs, shirts, and more. And the merchandise will be available exclusively at target field. I thought you were going to say at target. <laughs> Um, some people thought it was strange because we're not sure if he was a big baseball fan. We knew he liked basketball. We knew he liked basketball, and he was also a football fan. He he was a Vikings fan. Um, so and we'll see. And this year, uh, this year for Prince Night, the first ten thousand fans will receive an inflatable shaped Prince purple symbol guitar. Is this is his? I don't his like legacy this. being cheapened. Yes, it, it really feels like it. It is. It is. This is. 
I really feel that this is his estate. The people who are running his estates, hey, he wouldn't do these things when he was alive. But I imagine a, a, in a back room, a conversation like, well, Prince ain't alive now, is he? And so I'm saying like, and then they strike the deal. Like I, he wouldn't go for these things. Like no. he could he could have done these things when he was alive, but he didn't because <laughs> that wasn't his style. And like, like the, I'm seeing the hat like that looks so tacky. Like Michael Jackson, he's from he's from Indiana, mm-hmm. right? I, did the Colts or the Pacers do you know some Michael Jackson themed stuff like this? I don't think they did. I think I feel like the closest they would get is like at certain times they would play Thriller, you know. Like close to Halloween or something like that. If the Pacers played on Halloween, they played Thriller for the starting lineup or something like that. Um, last year for Prince Night, they gave away 10,000 purple umbrellas. And the team themselves wore purple gloves and sleeves with their uniforms. Purple gloves and sleeves. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I really, I mean, we're not from Minnesota. No. But I feel like just to he's I feel like there's some kind of reduction here. He's just being reduced to umbrellas and this symbol. The cheap so the highest bidder basically. Yeah. Is what we're gonna get a lot of. Um and he he wouldn't have done this. I know he's not alive anymore, but you gotta you gotta respect the memory. <clears throat> but, you know, whatever. Like it's just it's really messed up. It it kind of is. So, um, yeah, whatever with, with that, I, I feel like it, it's, it's kind of cheap in who he is. So, uh, moving on from that, um, Today I did learn though, the TC means twin cities. i had no, I never knew that. Yeah. Never knew that. Yep. 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 Um, so okay. Make sure our, um, we're still uh, on Facebook Live here. So um, the next thing we have is, oh, just wanted to mention this because I thought this was kind of silly. Uh, Lonzo Ball <laughs> gave his top five rappers and he named uh, Future, Drake, Quavo, Offset, and 21 Savage. So he said now. So he didn't make yeah. sure he wanted to say now, but that's still a sorry list. Like That's still... <laughs> Quavo and Offset, so he only thinks two of the Migos are good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, one, there's that, and two, I think um, he's only listened to music that's that's been put out in the last twenty minutes. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a very funny, um, a very funny saying. Yes, because <laughs> um, he didn't like. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like. Drake, I can understand future, uh, but Quavo and Offset, Twenty One Savage. I don't know. Look, he is what twenty years old. Then again, too, isn't it kind of funny that like one, two, three, four of these are from Atlanta, and one of them thinks, or at one point thought he was from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> he pretends to be from Atlanta. Like one day he's from Atlanta, one day he's from he's from Texas. Is he is he from Miami now? Is that where where he's going? I think yeah, he's from yeah, Miami. He's in, okay. he's, he's in Miami, Miami. His Miami era right now. So, yeah, he's so he used to be from Atlanta though. So you know, that was cool. That was cool. 
Have you listened to anything from Lonzo Ball's album? I forgot he had one. I know you sent me the link, and I totally forgot he had one. Um, I need I need to check. I mean, what do you think of it? I haven't listened to it either. I was going to say, is it as it good existed. as the the um, the Jade Smith record? <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, if they do a song together, it's probably going to happen. Well, they're both out in California, so yeah. Anyway, um, so. You know what? Maybe it's because he's in Atlanta because I'm seeing he, you know, I forgot they played last night because I, I stopped paying oh, yeah. attention to the Hawks because we're last in the East. Um, last in the league. So we're last in the league, too. <laughs> um, so maybe he was trying to, you know, name a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of rappers from Atlanta. And he thought Drake was from Atlanta because he only listens to music made in the last 20 seconds. He's like, Drake's from Atlanta, right? Yeah. Drake. I'll name a bunch of like, what about Outkast? Who? <laughs> Andre 3000, who's that? Like, he a number? Like, that's <laughs> Andre number? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's probably, you know, I'm going to be me. I'm not. I'm going to stop being me. He probably does know who Outkast is. He just doesn't respect them. No, he doesn't respect Nas. No, doesn't respect Nas. So uh, anybody else that has that, um, that nearly icon status in hip hop, he doesn't care for, and the reason we say that is because he, did, he didn't name he didn't name Kendrick Lamar, who just swept the rap category at the Grammys. I know it's not that's not a that's well that shouldn't be a uh, a big deal, <laughs> but Kendrick Lamar is like his out his solo album is still in the top ten, mm-hmm. and he just put out this uh, will produce this great soundtrack. But future is better. Can't dance to Kendrick, <laughs> and he didn't even name Gucci. Maybe he doesn't know Gucci's from Atlanta. <laughs> he doesn't get these no, from no. Like... Gucci's too old for him. <laughs> he's That's like, what Gucci, it is. man. Man, he's named after that brand. Y'all outdated, man. Don't buy and listen to Nas anymore. Real hip hop is Migos, Future. Like, come on, man. Just show some respect. <laughs> no, he doesn't have. That's the thing. He's not going to. Nobody's going to. Mm. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, like I saw a post where um, there was a rapper. I've already forgotten his name. Uh, his name was like Young Boy NBA. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Young Boy Young NBA. Boy NBA. I think NBA stands for Never Broke Again. But he got arrested, and um, Kodak Black has been arrested. Um, XXX extends and. You know, extension cord, extension cord has, Surprise, has he didn't make his out list. of legal trouble, you know, and someone said, like, who are we supposed to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> and someone posted that. Someone I know posted that. And he, and he said, actual rappers. That's who you're supposed, you're to, supposed to listen to. Everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so y'all got options out there. Can but, we listen yeah. to Lil Pump? I'm surprised Lil Pump didn't make the list or, or insert or Lil bad Skies, rapper. Or Lil Xan. Yeah. Or um Lil Lonzo. Just wait. It'll be <laughs> Lil Ball. Well he that would be his son or, or daughter. I bet if they were named Lil Outcast, he would like <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, hear that new Lil Outcast album? Man, that's dope, man. Yeah, man. Young Andre <laughs> and Lil Boy. <laughs> Young Andre NBA. <laughs> um so yeah, uh, that just shows that I am old, and um, 
Is this our get off our lawn moment? Not, not exactly. I don't think we're there quite yet. Okay, because I don't want to be there because I'm still hip. <laughs> <laughs> but like to like hear like those, like I like some songs by Future. I like some songs by Drake and Migos. I, I haven't really gotten into listening to Twenty One Savage. Ain't missing much. Uh, but some of these other ones to wear, like Lil Pump's the one does Gucci Gang. Mm-hmm. Does he just say Gucci Gang the whole time? I do believe so. That's that's as far as that, I've gotten. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that the whole song? Like, all right. Anyway, um, yeah, vibrations, man. That's all they want. Vibrations. Vibrations. It's not about lyrics. <laughs> it's vibrations. Because um, it, it's always funny to wear. Like sometimes I'm frustrated by hearing like some songs like that to where they're just repeating the same words over and over. Mm-hmm. But I'm also frustrated by the people who post videos on social media of some unknown rapper <laughs> on either Funkmaster Flex's show or Sway in the Morning or um, I don't know, any of these other radio shows like, Press listen to Kill This Freestyle. Like, yeah. I have never heard of this kid and he is never getting signed. <laughs> It's just not going to happen. Every night, na- well, you will. He, there will. There's Lil Xan. There's going to be Lil Percocet. Lil Percocet. <laughs> Lil Oxy. <laughs> oh, you know, like you know what? Who probably be like? I think he might have been ahead of his time. Where I think about it, remember Lil White? Yes. <laughs> yes. He might be ahead of his time. He had a song about Oxy. <laughs> yeah, he did. Lil White did. <laughs> I'm waiting for the um, suburb suburban version of this little Tylenol, <laughs> little Advil, the over the counter gang. <laughs> be, no, it'd, it'd be like little Pepto. <laughs> oh God, little Pepto, little Advil, little Tylenol, little goodies, little good, little goodies. Actually, that kind of works. Little goodies. Little, I could hear little goodies, or I could even hear like little Ivy. No, that's too long. No. No, it's little got, Motrin. The, yeah, Motrin. It's it's got to be like no more than two syllables. Yeah, it can't be too long. Little Toms. Little Toms. <laughs> little Pepsi. Would his first album be called Acid Reflux? <laughs> I want to hear these things now. I want to hear the over counter click. That's when I want to hear the over the counter click. Somebody make that happen. I feel like this could be one of those like um, Christopher Guest guest um style like mockumentaries where it's just like you know like the over-the-counter click and it's just like all these rappers and they're like but we want to be safe because you know we're about the kids you know and you know got my man little Avil right here you know my man little tylenol yeah i don't believe in the hard drugs man i don't believe in the hard stuff <laughs> and then just like is christopher guest still alive yeah just have him like interviewing them <laughs> oh man so you've ever done drugs yeah man i do a lot of cocaine <laughs> and molly or if you can't do it, it'll be a uh, rusty Cundeef. Uh, I could hear that too. I could see that. Cause he had the, um, in fear of a black hat. We yeah. have an episode about that, by the way, for people who haven't, uh, listened to it. Um, he had, uh, like his, his character was ice tray. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> all these people copy me. We got <laughs> ice cube. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like cube or tea, but it was yeah. like ice water, <laughs> ice cream, um, and you know, just going on like that. I can't remember the other names, but it was like five different like ice, um, ice rappers. But anyway, um, 
So you had a story about iced coffee too. Sorry, iced coffee. I found (laughs) iced coffee. We got ice tray, ice coffee, ice water, ice berg, ice cup, ice box. <laughs> yeah. He called them the ice wannabes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, now, you had a story about the uh, a Parkland Benefit concert. Yeah. So, yeah, this happened, what, last week? Or this the, this was the week before. This is the week of... Uh, of um, Valentine's Day, actually. But yes, yeah, so the Florida teens... When the, the shooting took place. Yeah, that's when the Valentine's shooting took Day. place. And of course, they've been very active um, since that happened. Um, so I'm seeing here... So, well, first off, Demi Lovato brought six of the survivors to her um, to her San Diego concert. Um, six of the Parkland shooting survival, survivors. Um, well, five of them. She invited them out to, on stage Monday night and asked fans to pr- help provide mental health support to the Parkland community. Um, she's been an advocate since she was um, diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2010. So I know that's it's something that's kind of uh, near and dear to her. But the teens are now trying to um, organize a Parkland benefit concert. So no one's been booked yet. There's some stuff it looks like on social media, on Twitter, that they're trying to recruit some people. Uh, says planning for the event began this past Thursday with discussion between representatives for Dua Lipa and Camilla Cabela already in the works. Cabello, excuse me, already in the works. So um, keep an eye on that to see, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like on YouTube. I know they've been broadcasting stuff like that. They got a GoFundMe page. I think they did Ariana Grande's concert, right? Did they? Uh, yeah, they did. The one for uh, Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did broadcast that one. So um, and if they're listening i don't know why they would be but if they happen to be and this somehow makes it to them you know maybe you contact youtube and see if they'll put it on because i'm I'm pretty sure youtube loves that type of stuff yeah youtube or facebook twitter um any of those so oh man this is kind of insulting it says um one of the teens emily smith has tagged many bands and artists such as brendan yuri from um from panic at the disco and Paramore in her post in the hopes of snagging more big name musicians. Um, Camilla Cabello ain't good enough. <laughs> well, she want like you, you want you want more. Yeah, no, it's just funny. Like, so we can get some more big name musicians. Like, no, it's just having okay. We have one I, big I name. Get it. Let's it's just get more funny. big names too, though. It's just funny. If I'm Camilla, oh, I'm not big enough. Am I not big enough for the Parkland? Concert? I mean, she, they don't want to have just like oh, we have Camilla Cabello, and then we have. Uh, this one guy who plays at, I'm sure there's a mellow mushroom somewhere in Parkland. <laughs> he plays there at the open mic every week. I've been that guy. Give him a chance. All right. <laughs> the only song he knows is Wonderwall. <laughs> Give him a, and it works every time. 90% yeah, of the uh, time it works every time. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> it's good. Um, but it's good that, that, that there's going to be a benefit concert. Uh, yeah. Anything to bring awareness to uh, a gun control issue. Like, some people are so uh, I, I was watching um, Stephen Colbert's late night show and the there was a congresswoman he was interviewing and she said that basically the NRA just has a, a chokehold yeah on uh, on the on the Republican Party because they've got deep pockets man they've got very deep pockets and a very passionate 
fan, like a user base or just like base in general yeah. that will get out and vote. And so when you hear people say voting is important, the NRA understands that. And I mean, as much as I might not agree with everything they say, they at least get that, which is a very fundamental part of our democracy. Lobbying is only one part of it because there are there corporations out there with more money than the NRA. Yeah, there are. But like no base is as like galvanized. Like they get out there and they use that right to vote. Like they don't waste it. And so um, I feel like we've seen within the past year what, you know, what other bases can do. You look at the Alabama election when people actually get out there and vote, you can make a difference. So um, that's really if you want to know why the NRA is so powerful, because there are people get out there and vote. I mean, it's as simple as that. Lobbying can only do so much. Um, lobbying really only does it when like the people are in office, their base gets these people in office because they get out there and they vote. So really, really important, you know, and not just the presidential elections, you know, the midterms and things like that. So if you want to know how you can beat the NRA vote, simple as that. All right. So, um, that was, and that kind of reminds me of, um, with people, there's been like, I've hear you hear, well, like with Black Panther, a lot of people have enjoyed it, and you know they like seeing the represent- representation of of Black people mm-hmm. doing a lot of positive things in film, kicking butt. Go Black Panther! <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, what's also strange is Black people who try not to like try to downplay the significance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, like, okay, that means you don't like anything. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that you like. If, if you can't see the significance of Black Panther, or you want to downplay it, mm-hmm. it's like, um, well, you sent, you sent me that picture the other day of, okay, well, why won't people say this when Catwoman came out? It was, so was garbage because Catwoman was trash. <laughs> oh God! Well, who was that on your Facebook page that agreed with me that she looked good in leather? Oh, that's Rick. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Shout Rick. Shout out to Rick. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a well, pretty yeah, bad She may movie. have looked good, but that was still a terrible movie. Yeah, it, was a, it was a bad movie. <laughs> um, and the ones that have featured black people in the past, I don't want to say were jokes, but they weren't serious as they weren't as serious as this movie and they didn't have the budget or the reach. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but if Civil War is any indication, they took what was a good character and just made him awesome <laughs> like that was one of those things where like as soon as he came on the screen you were like yeah like he was they did the character justice and i think they understood like stan lee when he made when he, you know he helped create the character understood um this is one of those characters that kind of speaks to a generation so you you need to be respectful so of course he doesn't make him a sidekick he doesn't make him he doesn't make him stupid. He makes him like one of the smartest people in the world. One of the, you know, most, one of the, you know, best heroes. Like he makes him like, holy crap. Like this is someone that, you know, can be respected that you can look up to as a black person looking in this world of, you know, of um, not black superheroes, you know, you, you have that person. And I mean, if anything, as much as I do like DC and I know Chris will say I'm a DC fanboy, when it comes to heroes of, color and just different ethnicities marvel's kind of been in the forefront like they've you know whether it's um you know the black panther being black they've had asian superheroes they've had i believe they had the first openly gay superhero 
Um, he was Canadian, but you know, it was, <laughs> but like they've paved the way. So like, I fully expected Marvel to treat this well, this property well, because they have that experience breaking ground. So I was, I was extremely confident they do it. They do it justice. Yeah. But uh, like I saying, like people don't like are criticizing it because it wasn't um, because it, well, this isn't uh, there's another picture I posted. Like uh, if people were saying, well, Wakanda isn't real. Well, neither is Hogwarts <laughs> and neither is Metropolis and neither yeah. is Gotham. Yeah. And neither is none of this. None of this stuff is real <laughs> to tell you. I mean, like it's, it's a story, man. It's, it's or awesome. It doesn't really count because it's, it's uh, because Disney is putting money behind it. Oh my God. Who cares? <laughs> and if you really want the scoop, cause I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a black Panther scholar, but go read it. Like it's actually a very, like it's not whitewashed. Like if you go back and read early Black Panther, it is not whitewashed at all. And that's a, you know, like I can't believe I'm saying this. That's a credit to Marvel. It is they they just they wouldn't do it. And that's a you know, Stan Lee wouldn't do it. Like I think I told you, like they told um one of the people who was writing it, like there aren't enough white people in it and the next issue they had him ble- beat up the KKK. <laughs> like that's that's what it was. You know, it was unapologetic and they were trying to I mean, just hell, go look at Luke Cage. Like they just, that's just what Marvel does. So shout out to Marvel. That's the last time I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for people who have gone to see it and they're wearing their, you know, their dashikis mm-hmm. or, or anything like that, uh, continue to do so. Uh, don't worry about the black people who are, who's <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it's cosplay. It, it's cosplay. Yeah. Like sort maybe of. 50% cosplay, but the other 50% is, you know, just being proud to see black people <laughs> on, on the screen and that's fine. Um, I do have, I wanted to wear mine, but I was, I was, I think it would be weird if I was going to see it by myself. <laughs> well, because I, I still want to do, I've wanted to do for years, Black Panther and Storm. And now I'm not doing it because well, you're a copycat. Like I just, it's going to well, no. be like still do it. Well, I'm talking about for Halloween. Still do it. I will see. We'll see. If you if you if you're able to put together a good costume, just well, yeah, I, I can't. Just do I it. can't promise that now. <laughs> do it anyway. I wear a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just lame. <laughs> I tried to I tried to get Kendra. She did. She wanted to be Wonder Woman though, and I think another issue was Katana. And I was like, "Come on, like I'll be Black Panther. You can be Wonder. You, not Wonder Woman. You can be um, Storm. Storm and." I was like, a lot of people won't get it, but it'll be cool. Like, it'll, you know, yeah, but maybe I'll do it. I, I, I still want to do um, Daredevil also, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot I want to do. I could, if I got big enough, maybe I would do Luke Cage, but I'd have to be big. Like, that dude is huge. He's probably like two. Would you do like, like the old school Luke Cage with the, the oh, yellow silk like shirt? No, God, no. And the, the metal headband? No, I'm just like Power Man. Yellow shirt, jeans. Bald head. I'll cut this into a goatee. I'm not dressing like. I don't even know where you'd find that. <laughs> and then, like, because there was an episode of Luke Cage where he gets dressed up like that. He's like, look like a slave, yeah. man. <laughs> he had the thing over his head. He had just broken out of prison. Nah, I'm I'm spoiling the show. If you haven't seen it, go watch Luke Cage. It's, it's very. It's been good. out for a year. What are you doing? Anyway, yeah. go see it. But that's that's the first um, 
like watching Luke Cage made me know that they would they would do Black Panther well. They handled Luke Cage very well. It was very good. All right. Uh, so that would do it for our music news, uh, which has been brought to you by Menon. This is brought to you by Real Talk Tees, a uh, t shirt for every mood. Uh, you can go to realtalktees.bigcartel.com or follow uh, D Will at uh, underscore Real Talk Tees on Instagram. And, uh, there are shirts that, you know, that he's, you know, he's designed that you can purchase. Or if you want some custom orders, you've got a family reunion, you want to rep your sorority or fraternity, you want to rep your podcast like we do. Um, just let him know, hit him up and, and get a T-shirt made and tell him I sent you. I don't know if there's like a code or discount <laughs> for doing that, but hey, I just wanted to shout him out because he made our shirts. B-T-T-O-I-H-T, type it in. <laughs> I rep mine down in Hiram this weekend. I don't know if it helped or not but <laughs> it's, so they at least googled it at the hooters in Hiram. so <laughs> shout out to the hooters in Hiram. there was a biker gang there <laughs> hmm. it was interesting it was I, I was humming born to be wild as i walked up and then kevin was like oh you should do a peewee herman like he did in the um i forget what he did in great big peewee's big adventure yeah with that, the bikers oh. did he knock down the bike or something and run no, it was like the dance he did on the bar. Oh, yeah, to tequila. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did the <laughs> classic movie. All right, so Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. So this is a song that I didn't know that I knew, and then I, I heard it again, and I was like, oh, I know that song. I still don't know if this is Goldlink. Is he a rapper or a singer, or is he a, a singer-type-rapper? Yeah, singer-rapper hybrid. Okay. Well, I love this song. It was featured on um, Watch Mojo's. Um, I think it was their most underrated albums of 2017. Mm-hmm. It was really, it's, it's a really good song, a really good hook, kind of funny, kind of sad. Um, but this is the remix with Gucci, um, because Gucci man makes everything better. So this is, um, crew by gold link. All right. It's a crew remix, gold link, Gucci man, Brent fires and shy glizzy. And we will be right back. She see money all around me. I look like I'm the man. Yeah, but I was down and out like last week. Tell me where have you been? Yeah, you came out of hiding, girl. Don't act like I'm your man. You just a fan. Ship gon' last if he not having no chip. You need a man, buy you packs, how you bragging and shit. You don't need no man without no plan doing all that nagging and shit. Well, it's Gucci, man, and Gold Link, and we got cold sinks. I just bought my chick a cold mink down with the mold thing. Brought the Lambo up to DC so they can see me. Got shy glizzy with me, but ain't nothing shy about me. Spend a week with Gucci and I boost your self-esteem. Wow. Every time I ball, you ball, we ball, girl, we a team. Ooh. Dining with the king so you get treated like a queen. Got a shining like the diamonds on my necklace, watch your ring. some money all around me. I look like I'm the man. Yeah, but I was 
sick ass mouth for that snake ass flow. Got your bitch around me, nigga. And I right, that is the crew remix. By Gold Link, featuring Gucci Man, Brent Fires, and Shy Glizzy. That is a single that you can find on Spotify. So good. And that is on our BTTYHT Earworms playlist, which you can check out right now. Shout out to, to Brandon who said that um, gets him to fire mood. So we appreciate it, man. Hey, it's always good to, to put people onto some new music. That new new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we started the show with uh, the song Welcome to America by Lecrae uh, from his album Anomaly. And what we were um, we're doing a uh, another installment, our first installment of 2018 of Because Five, mm-hmm. and for this, you know, for Black History Month, um, and just for the uh, the climate of America in general, yeah. the social climate, um, wanted to discuss our top five socially conscious songs. Uh, this is from any genre, any uh, time period, um, any artist. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be doing that, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So um, as we are, normally do, <clears throat> we have two honorable mentions. Say, it's been a while. We probably want to tell the people yeah. how we do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for those who are not familiar with the Because Five and why it's called Because Five, uh, inspired by the uh, now defunct podcast, I guess the his and hers podcast uh, with Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. They had an episode in which they did their five, their, their top five. I believe it was Eddie Murphy comedies and they just named five because people on social media were like, well, what about this? What about this one? This is my list. <laughs> and we're naming only five. Why? Because five, five. <laughs> um, we added two honorable mentions just so we could play as much music on the podcast as possible. Yep, yep, yep. So <laughs> we like to talk uh, and talk about music. <laughs> so we we uh, this was it. See, it was kind of an easy list, but then it became more difficult. Yeah, there's me. a lot of there's a lot of songs out there. Yeah, you know whether it be like you know your standard war protest song or just like your social awareness song or yeah i mean i I feel like we kind of cover the gamut here yeah yeah all right so uh ben we'll have you go first what right. is your first honorable mention so this one is um an irish <laughs> socially conscious song sunday bloody sunday so of course has that recognizable drum beat starting out almost kind of sounds like you're going to war almost which is about war um so I was introduced to this song back in 10th grade by my social studies teacher who introduced us to protest songs. And he played like, you know, among this song, he played this. He played um, Fortunate Son by Credence Clearwater Revival. Um, he played some other things I can't remember. But this is one of those songs and you kind of listen to it and it's like, you know, you're, you're thinking of people who grew up in war. And I think one thing that kind of when it comes to Americans... What was the last war we had on American soil? <laughs> you know, it was the the war of eight, not 1812, what, the Mexican-American War, maybe? Like, it, it's been a long time since we've had war hit our soil. Um, 
I mean, if you think of 9-11, of course, people consider that an act of war. Or if you think of Pearl Harbor, people consider that an act of war. But we've never had an active war here. And so this song and kind of a spoiler alert for my next song both deal with people who kind of grew up seeing it, seeing war. Um, when war is close to you, I feel like it's, it's different, you know? Like we can sit here and, and talk about war, um, you know, across the across the world, which is essentially what these conflicts are to us. They're across the they're across the world. We're seeing them on TV, and so for me, I it's just interesting to hear someone sing about it, talk about it when it's close to home, which is a unique perspective. Perspective we can't we can't relate to that, and that's one of the things that hits me the closest about this. Right, so this is Ben's first honorable mention, Sunday Bloody Sunday, by U2 from their album War, produced by Steve Lillywhite. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember listening to this song a lot uh, in high school. I bought U2's; uh, it was one of their greatest hits albums. Um, this is a song I actually skipped a lot. Really? <laughs> I don't know. But still a good song. <clears throat> All right, so that is Ben's first honorable mention. My first honorable mention, um, I made a last-second change from when I gave you my list earlier. Uh-oh. So <laughs> um, my first honorable mention is a song by a group called The Impressions, and it's a song called People Get Ready. Um, for the longest time I thought this song was you know how you can mistake it for a different artist I thought this was by the temptations but it's not <laughs> I could hear that yeah <laughs> this is uh, this is the impressions and of course the song if you know about the impressions then uh, this is this is a song that was kind of the beginning of what shaped Curtis Mayfield as a songwriter uh, so Curtis Mayfield wrote this song. This song came out in 1965. Um, and it was during the time where, you know, of, you know, think of the state of America with the yeah. civil rights movement at the time. And he, um, uh, they took a kind of a, you know, has a, the gospel influence, of course. Yeah. And using the metaphor of a train, you know, basically that uh, times are changing and, you know, you don't have to do too much just to get with the times. I felt it was something like that. Yeah. Um, And just having, you know, for those who who believe in a higher power, who believe in God, um, you know, just trust and believe that you know, things are going to be better. Uh, that's kind of just what, that's just, just the main message of the song, mm-hmm. you know, make reference to, uh, you know, if it's the Underground Railroad or, um, you know, getting to some kind of freedom to some kind of, some kind of peace. So, uh, this is just one of those songs that you, you could, I don't know how you would exactly categorize a Curtis Mayfield as far as his music goes, but he's like for anyone who's written a socially conscious song, 
you have to pay homage to him because mm-hmm. uh, that's this is this was this song was the beginning of of what his career became pretty much as a songwriter um, and uh, it has some there is the, some interesting accolades here um, Rolling Stone on their 500 greatest songs mm-hmm. or albums <laughs> excuse me or songs it's ranked number 24 on their list it's surprising to me because I don't think Rolling Stone ever likes anything. <laughs> um, and uh, it's ranked number 20 um, on the list of the 100 greatest guitar tracks. I can see that. And it's also included on uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. And it was named one of the 10 best songs of all time by Mojo Magazine <laughs> and inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And it's been covered by several artists, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck, um, the Everly Brothers, Al Green, uh, um, Aaron Neville. It's, uh, it, the list goes on and on, really. It's like, um, it looks like it's like 50 different artists have covered this song. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, when I looked it up, I, I got the Rod Stewart version, so... <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's my first honorable mention. People get ready by the impressions. So Ben, what's your second honorable mention? So my second honorable mention, like I mentioned, is a uh, another song about the violence in in Ireland. Um, it's "Zombie" by the Cranberries, um, whose singer actually recently passed away. Um, what is his name again? Dolores O'Riordan. O'Riordan. Um, so the one thing I like about this song, in addition to, <clears throat> so it's, it kind of takes a bit of a um, a different tone about the violence <laughs> than Bloody Sun- Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Like, this is dark. This is brooding. Um, it looks at it with a more bleak outlook, whereas I think, like, you know, Sunday, Bloody Sunday tries to take more of a positive outlook. Like, we can change it. Zombie is just like, you're acting like, you know, it's in your head, it's in your head. Zombie, it's like, it's it's basically like what all you've known, it's, it's all you've known, it's you're a zombie to it basically are you a zombie in it um both you know and it's kind of funny like you know you take two songs and you look at how they talk about the subject and it's just like just a stark difference um and i just i think that's just very interesting you know excuse me when i laugh a lot it meant yeah (laughs) we laugh a lot in here but um so even just looking at the lyrics you know just See, it's not me. It's not my family. Uh, with their tanks and their bombs and and air bombs and their guns, like it's once again, it's something that we just cannot relate to over here. But it's something that they've had to live with. Um, Decades-long conflict between Ireland and, and the UK. Um, it says Dolores O'Riordan wrote the song during the band's English tour, in 1993, in memory of two young boys, Tim Perry and Jonathan Ball, who were killed in an IRA bombing. The RA being the Irish Republican Army bombing in Warrington, England. Um, this song is our cry against man's inhumanity to man, inhumanity to child, she said. Yeah. And this is just, it's a haunting song. Yeah. And it was popular, so. <laughs> um, now that I hear this, uh, like, well, I guess like understanding the context of the song kind of changed my, my outlook on it. And... Um, 
one one well I heard have heard this song used for comedic effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's ever watched uh, The Office. Uh, oh, <laughs> was it Dwight? It was Andy. It was Andy. Okay, that was, that was my next guess. <laughs> um, yeah, he would he would just sing this song and he would um, over. Uh, well, you know, if you're trying to impersonate Dolores O'Riordan, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that was a professional yodeler, yeah, or at least had like great ability. Some people overdo it, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was used for comedic effects on The Office, but. Um, just to um, just to consider that you know this is all somebody knows yeah uh, if they all they know is violence how do you like move on from it how do you get away from it and mm-hmm. it's sometimes it, it's impossible to do and it affects you yeah I mean I don't know about you but I've never had to watch <laughs> You know, someone that I know that I love die as a result of something yeah. that I have no control over. You know, so. All right, so that is "Zombie" by the Cranberries. All right. Um, so my next honorable mention is uh, it's pro- it it sounds like a happy song, but <laughs> until you hear the lyrics, and that is the way it is. By Bruce Hornsby and the Range. Yeah. Beautiful song. And that's one of those songs I didn't understand until I got older. Yeah. Like I heard it and I was like, oh, catchy song. And then you read the lyrics and you're like, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby and the Range. Um, this is from 1986 uh, for the debut album. The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby and the Range. It was the second single. And um, it was just listen to the verses themselves and you it, it, they, the lyrics paint a picture. Um, mm-hmm. And it's three different things. Yeah. Uh, the first one is about um, kind of the how rich people look at poor people. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's, it's about the economy. Uh, the economy. Uh, standing in line, marking time, waiting for the welfare dime because they can't buy a job. The man in the silk suit hurries by as he catches the poor old lady's eyes. Just for fun, he says, get a job. Yeah, like that lyric is so ugly. Like it's a, it's a beautifully written <laughs> lyric, but like the action in it. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's like, you know, it's, uh, yeah. You know, if, if people in line, you know, waiting to get their hand up because they need it. And then here comes this rich guy, uh, you know, just seeing that, just the imagery of that. Get a job, Grouch. Get it together, Grouch. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle. But yeah, no, it's, and then this line right here, you know, you can't yeah. go where the others go because you don't look like they do. Yeah. It tackles poverty. It tackles racism. Yeah. It tackles the civil rights movement and the, and, well, getting ahead of ourselves there, but yeah, it's, Yeah. Um, when making reference to the to the um, to the civil rights movement, this song also reminds me of the song, another U two song, uh, in the name of love. Yeah, that's by MLK, right? Yeah, the well, the, the last verse was yeah. specifically. Um, 
But yeah, the second the second uh, verse being about racism. Yeah, pretty much the segregation. Um, uh, I imagine there was like he's there was something I, I imagine like a scene around a water fountain. Yep. <laughs> something to do with a water fountain, which was you know kind of kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. I wonder what prompted him to write something like this. You know. Um. Because I, I swear it feels like he had another song, and I can't quite ascertain the meaning of it, but he had a song called Valley Road, um, where he talks about, you know, working on the old plantation, good enough to hire, not good enough to marry, like all these different things that makes me think of, you know, the American South back then, and maybe, you know, maybe these are just things on his mind when he was writing yeah. this album, you know? Uh, he was thinking about a lot of social issues uh, about um, the economy and kind of maybe saw the parallels with the civil rights movement. And I also think with the, I don't know if it was Mandolin Rain or another song. That's a good song. Uh, to where it was basically, you know, he's referencing the Dust Bowl yeah. era. Yeah. Crepes of Wrath in some way. Yeah. Well, I feel like he was kind of the industrial age too. Um, and man, he was, he's kind of deep. I'm thinking of the song, Every Little Kiss, where he talks about out here working on the docks. Everyone puts in a long day. <laughs> He's talking, you know, working class people working on docks, maybe in, um, in you know, in New England, or maybe even working like you know up in a lab. I don't know, but yeah, as we sit here and break down <laughs> Bruce Hornsby lyrics. <laughs> I mean, he's he is, um, you know, made a reference to Americana music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he the most this is the poppiest Americana album you'll ever hear. Yeah. the way it is, and that is a good point because Americana Americana music along with folk music is really telling the tale of I don't want to necessarily say the downtrodden but it's telling stories you know usually from I mean like rich people aren't doing Americana in folk music yeah it's typically you know people at a disadvantage who have a story to tell um you know someone like a Bob Dylan somebody like in this case a um a uh, Bruce Hornsby and that's why you know someone like a um, like a Bruce Springsteen who did a lot of a lot of his early stuff is very folky, you know. That's why he's considered the you know the blue collar champion, the working hero champion, the working man's champion, things like that. Does stuff like you know he pulls, he's famous for um, at his concerts he pulls the people from the cheap seats down to the front because he knows typically those are the true fans. So let's give the true fans some good seats. So and I'm going off of the tangent here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was my second honorable mention. So we're in the top five now. So Ben, what's your number five? All right, number five. And this is just a song because I love the lyric, Sign of the Times by Prince. Um, And of course, so this came out in 1987. Um, and right off the bat, he makes, an, he makes reference to AIDS, <laughs> which is literally Sign of the Times. Um... And that's just this song, like, the first time I heard it, like, if you just really listen to the lyrics, I'm not going to talk over them. Oh, not yet, I guess it's not yet. I, Yeah, but, like, just the lyrics are just, he's he's singing about some, he's singing about what's going on, you know? And I like that. Sharing needles. Gang banging. There's a there's a lot that went on in that, in that first, first verse. <laughs> there's a lot, a lot. 
AIDS, gang violence, yeah. crack. It's yeah. crack e- epidemic, you know. And it's just like he's just writing about what he sees. Yeah. You know, that's it's very Mark. Um, I can't think of his name now. From Family Guy, he just writes what he sees. <laughs> oh, that was Randy Newman. Randy Newman, not Mark Cohn. Randy Newman. Oh, yeah. They're McMurray. Yeah. But it's just very, yeah, couldn't afford to feed it. Like, I just... And we're sending people to the moon as if that's the most important thing to do. <laughs> like, it's just, you know... And he, it's like he kind of throws that in there kind of tongue-in-cheek. Like, oh, you know, we're sending people to the moon, you know, but we can't, you know... We got poverty. Why are we going to the moon again? You know, is going to the moon really that important? So, and then he makes a a reference. Well, makes a reference to the um. What you were, I believe that's the reference to the Challenger. Rocket ship explodes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, it's just it's just one of those like you know, it's of course it's called sign of the times. And to me, he's just writing about, like, this is what's going on right now. So it's kind of one of those songs where, you know, you can listen to it 30, 40 years from now and get a good idea of what was going on at the time. He covered, Like we said in that first verse, there's a lot that happens. He describes half the decade <laughs> just in that first verse, which is my favorite verse of all of them. And what's interesting is like this is an album. Uh, I, I know this was after Purple Rain. It's after 1999. I even think it's after Parade. Um, this was probably considered yeah. a risky song to to put out as mm-hmm. a single. I don't know if it was the first single, but it was a single. It was the first single, 19th of February, 1987. So, um, but. You know, to to follow Prince's career, like he's a guy who just he put out music that he felt was right to put out. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. It you know, he's not going to consider. Uh, oh, we need a single for the radio, or you know, we need a single that people can dance to. He's just going to put out music that feels right. Yeah. All right, so that is Ben's number five, "Sign of the Times" by Prince. All right, so get to my number five. Uh, on our social music episode, I mentioned this song as it's probably one of the more important songs uh, currently that's mm-hmm. come out in recent memory, and that is All Right by Kendrick Lamar. I knew what you were going to say before you said it. Aside from the production, which like blew me away the first time I heard it. You said the what? The production oh, of yeah. the song blew me away. Can't like help but like kind of <laughs> bob your head to it. And what was kind of a turn out a little bit. What kind of stuck out to me is. Uh, I guess the, the production of it uh, to use jazz elements in 2015, 2016 when this song came out. Uh, very rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was so with that that's, subject. That's more of a, a 90s. Thing yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it's almost a throwback. Yeah. It's a throwback to that style of music. You know, it, it, it reminds me of a Tribe Called Quest yeah. and Diggable Planets. 
and Maybe Gangstar early, early Nas too. and Nas, yeah. Um, uh, and with the song being about, you know, when when there are when there are these issues, like who do you who do you look to, you know, um, and you get so you get so frustrated and so angry, and you don't know who to turn to. You don't know if there's anyone that you can trust. Um, you know, the police are supposed to protect us, but they're gunning us down. Yeah. Uh, the preachers are supposed down. to, you know, counsel us, but, you know, they may steal from us. Uh, and even worse, when the police aren't gunning you down, they're harassing you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get, it's like, you know, to the point where you almost don't want to call them. You feel like you're in an impossible situation. Yeah. You, and like you say, you look to the clergy and, you know, like, depending upon religion you are, they might be molesting kids or... You know, or they might be, a, you know, and this is no offense to anyone who is a clergyman, but they might be a crook. You don't, I mean, you don't know. It's, yeah. Uh, there was a, um, and this song still has like an impact today. I mean, it's only been uh, almost three years, but the thing is, um, there was, uh, I can't remember exactly what country, but there was a, like an African, like senator mm-hmm. or, you know, congressman. And, um. <laughs> he said, and like the urban poet Kendrick Lamar, we're going to be all right. <laughs> that was like last week, <laughs> you know. So, uh, did they just get the song? <laughs> no, no, no. Was this US 1980s rock that we just got here last week? <laughs> it's not like Canada. Oh God! You know what's sad? Bad blood paid for this. Like yeah. Bad Blow was a single before it, and he was doing one guest verse, <laughs> paying for this whole album. Yeah, basically, he was like, All right, got enough to make the album, y'all. Let's do it. <laughs> and then she beat him at the Grammys. He so. sent her a thank you note for the. Oh, yeah, then, yeah, she did. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kendrick Lamar's All Right from To Pimp a Butterfly. All right, Ben, uh, what is your number? Four. Had to go with this. They don't care about us. Uh, by Mr. Michael Jackson. Rest in peace. Um, this song one of, was one of those songs, of course, when I'm younger. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, so what? History comes out in 1996. Um, I And it was just like a song. It was just kind of like, you know, you're in the playground kind of clapping and singing. Not literally, but like it was just one of those songs where like. Me and my friends who were, you know, we were obsessed with Michael Jackson. Um, I don't know if he's watching, but he's my friend on Facebook, Chauncey Monroe, um, who lives down in Columbus. Um, my God, thinking back to that, like, we were literally obsessed with Michael Jackson, everything Michael Jackson. We had this album. We would listen to it. I remember the video. We didn't get any of it. You know, fast forward almost 20 years later, I get it. It makes sense. Like, it's. In his own way, this was Michael Jackson's way at, you know, being socially conscious and making a song about these issues going. And he's calling everything out like he he's, you know, he talks about Megard Evers. He talks about Nelson Mandela. He talks about Martin Luther King. Like he's just basically in, you know, the most Michael Jackson way, calling for unity in general. Like what's going on? Uh, And I just it's and then it's got a nice beat. It's got those classic, you know, the aggressive Michael Jackson vocals that he displays on here. 
um, because Michael Jackson could sing over a rock over a rock song, which was awesome. He had that that um, versatility. I love this man it's just <laughs> I'm surprised no one sampled this to rap over it like it's a nice little beat but yeah uh, and it's one of the it's like pretty straightforward and with 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 this kind of song compared to his other pop that you consider socially conscious something like Man in the Mirror mm-hmm. um this to com- compare to Man of the how how well I want to get your take on this. How would you compare this to to Man in the Mirror as far as like like he had the uh you know the pop the pop song to where it's you know it's gentle I guess you'd say in a yeah way. exactly that's and that's what I was gonna and say then he comes out with this like it was vanilla compared to this and I mean and e- even though this wasn't like the most you know, um, it's not the most aggressive thing, but compared to Man in the Mirror, like this is, you know, it's like a night and day. Yeah, it really is, and it's just like you know, like how many people can you say start out a song with Skinhead? Is <laughs> the hook? You know, that's when it starts out. Skinhead, Skinheads being you know associated with being Nazis, neo Nazis, um, and that's that's what he's calling out. He's basically he's calling out hate. At every, you know, like one of the lines, blackmail, blackmail, I'll throw your brother, brother, and blackmail being two different lines. Blackmail isn't black, um, you know, black man. And then blackmail isn't like, I'm going to blackmail you, throw your brother in jail. Now, whether he's just talking about your brothers and your fellow men are throwing a black person in jail, you know, like, regardless how you look at it, ton of black people in jail in America, ton of people in jail, period. I believe we have the highest uh, percentage of incarcerated people. Per, per like per our um per our population so like it's a problem um and he's like oh yeah i forgot he even says roosevelt so like he's he's basically you know a call back to you know these historical figures who stood for something and basically say like hey man if these people are living do you think they would be about this if Megger evers was living did he say Megger evers i think he says Megger. i know he made a reference to mlk yeah. Maybe he doesn't say Medgar Evers, and I just really want him to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he's he's going right at hate, and I loved it. Like once I actually figured out what it was, um, and I imagine at this point he, he's probably a little disillusioned because I mean he's being he's being you know took through the ringer, so he's like I don't got time to be nice anymore. All right. Um... So that was your number four, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number four uh, is a song by Marvin Gaye, uh, probably from the, one of the most important albums, the most important album he ever made, mm-hmm. and one of the most important albums that anyone should need to listen to. Uh, from What's Going On, it is Inner City Blues, parenthesis, makes me want to holler. Um, the opening notes on this song, uh, they should always put someone like in a it puts you in a certain mood a mm-hmm. certain mindset to where I don't know if you feel the um, there's the there's a certain intensity there's a certain mood there's a certain 
feeling of um, just certain feeling like a, really of awareness of it makes me of feel anything like- that's of what of basically a certain awareness of of certain situations mm-hmm. like you're you're really paying attention yeah now it this song has always made me feel like it puts me in the mindset if i'm imagining like a visual with it driving through a city and it's raining yeah part of it is from the cover you know when he's in his coat in the rain but like it's just got like this like you look like it's just it makes you look and see like look and see what's going on and that's what it is. It's really kind of like a drive by, and you and you're looking and you're observing. He he does. He takes you on a journey. Yeah. And that's what I like about this song. Like especially when you hear those first, the, like you said, that opening chord. You know, just and yeah. Like it's a it's a very powerful song on a very powerful album. And you're and you are correct. One of the most important albums ever made, from a standpoint of. And so this is what I talk about when people are like you know. And this isn't directed at anyone who is a Beyonce fan, but when they talk about an album like Lemonade, and I'm like, I, I go back to an album like this because it is possible to make important music and it sonically sounds good. That's what you get. You get an album like What's Going On. Like, not only does it have something to say, but it sounds good while it's saying it. And that's why I like this album. Spoiler alert, there's going to be another song <laughs> from this album on our list. It, it's, it's, it's a really good album. If you haven't listened to it, you got to go out and listen to it. Um, this is another song that's been covered a bunch. Yeah. Uh, it's been sampled a bunch. Um, and like you said, like, along with just with the subject matter of talking about um, inner city America, um, People trying to deal with the oblique economic um, climate mm-hmm. um, about paying taxes or paying rent uh, and feeling hopeless. Yeah. Uh, while there's also that, it also sounds very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, Marvin Gaye got enough credit for recording his own background vocals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how they, how it comes together I don't know if he gets enough credit for that um, and the pair and uh, it reminds you of the parallel of and with the other song that you may hear shortly <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy's character in Dreamgirls yeah like this album Barry Gordy didn't want Marvin Gaye to put out like they well, didn't want to put out this album really well, I, I, I mean I can only imagine I mean Barry Gordy is a business person yeah you know, it's almost kind of like how when Jordan said Republicans buy tennis shoes, too, that's what he's saying in his head. He's like, Republicans buy records, too. The famous line in the movie, if you, it was down to, you know, this album or a sandwich, he wants you to buy <laughs> this album. So and ever since the word, you know, you can't put an album out like this. This is, <laughs> you know, this is controversial. This talks about things that might upset people. So what? <laughs> And I mean, and, and, you know, of course, we can sit here in 2018 and say that, but this was probably difficult for him to put out, too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was one of those uh, out that he felt, he, I mean, these are songs that he felt like he needed to make. Mm-hmm. But to put it out, you know, it was it was definitely an uphill battle. Because he's like, what, I'm trying to think of what was before. Because, I mean, before these albums, 
because Trouble Man after this one, you know, he's doing what? Ain't no mountain high enough. And I mean, he's ain't that peculiar. And... He's more known as he's more known as a pop singer, you know, yeah. because that's what Motown was. So, I mean, you try to think of somebody like a pop singer right now, a pop or an R&B singer who's at the top of their game putting out an album like this now, you know, it's a little bit easier now because it's, it's been expected, but like you get, like it still would be difficult, you know, for them to do it. And then you think back to then where like, it really wasn't being done and he still did it. Like you said to him, these are songs that needed to be said. These are songs that needed to be heard subject matters that needed to be discussed. And he did it. And you know, we're all the better for it here in 2018. All right. So that was my number four. Uh, ben, what is your number three? I'm going with Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of. Um, so many songs from them <laughs> that you could pick because, um, whereas, you know, of course, Marvin Gaye made, you know, two political albums. They, everything they make is political. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're basically, I've never been to a show, but I've heard that at their shows, most people get bored because in between songs they're lecturing the crowd. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, Zach De La Roca will stop and start talking about something political. Um, same thing with Tom Morello, who, you know, does a tour as the Night Watchman, which is his his folk thing. And he's lecturing the crowd. And it's just like, you know. But this is a good song. I mean, so my favorite song, of course, by them is Bulls on Parade. But this song is actually about um, police brutality. It's about the Rodney King beating. In L.A., what what year was that? Um, 92. 92. Well, I think um, that was the riots. I think the, riots. the actual incident was 91. Okay. So, um, of course, as it says, written about, written about um, the revolution against institutional racism and police brutality, Killing in the Name of is recognized as their signature song. I think the only reason I, I'm sick of this song is because we play it. <laughs> A band I was in played this song. This is our closer. And people loved this song. <laughs> Yeah, we used to close with this song in Carrollton, and they would go crazy. Um, great riff. I think it's because it's it, the it, the lyrics are easy to remember. Oh yeah, you got it. Yeah. They're they're repetitive. Oh yeah, very repetitive. Um, Bulls on parade. Like there's actual you yeah. got there's a rap you have to remember on here. It just repeats the same thing over and over. And again. then the people just uh, you ba- basically just had to remember one part. Did and now t- you do what they told you. And that's all. That's really the only line you need to remember. Me and Chris did a version of this that was part gospel, part bluegrass, part like it's very bluesy. <laughs> I wish you could hear it. Um, but no, this is just a really good. This is a really good song, and like you can tell, like if you've ever seen them perform, they believe what they're saying. And I think that's probably one of the more. Um, one of the cooler things about a band like Rage Against Machine, they believed everything they're singing about. Um, and to this point, like they're still, I mean, like whenever they get together, like it's, it's just really funny. Like I, I, I finally did hear Zach De La Roca rap about something other than something political on the Run the Jewels album. And it was weird. <laughs> like I didn't know what to, you know, I didn't know what to do. Because I'm so used to hearing them. And I mean, it's not something that I, you know, I mind. I like the songs. I like what they're talking about. But like, even so, just like going into the lyrics, you know, some of those that burn crosses are the same that work forces. You know, it's like, how relevant is that line today? You know, some of those that work forces. So you're thinking of people that are, are here to protect us. 
you know, the people that are, you know, how the, the it reminds you of the police chief up in, I believe it was in New Jersey, not too long ago that was outed as a racist, being a part of, you know, a bunch of white supremacist groups on Facebook, posting white supremacist um, messages and things like that on Facebook. Yeah, this is supposed to be a person protecting us. You know, how, like I said, how relevant is this line? And this song came out in 1992. So, yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I think that might be the theme of this show. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. All right. That is Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. And that was your number three. So, mm-hmm. my number three, um, one of the. Um, I don't know. It's the epitome of the group. This song, like this is this is the definition of the group. Um, and if you hear no other song by this group, like just hear this one. All right. So this is "Fight the Power" by Public Enemy. Best educated, best equipped, best prepared. Troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight. With that, that little clip right there, <laughs> I never knew where it was from, but I always felt that Public Enemy was not afraid to. I mean, they were about you know empowerment and and. And speaking out about, you know, any social injustices or just issues that are going on in America. Mm-hmm. They never shied away from calling out black people, too. That's no, what I felt that not. clip was. <laughs> that, you know, if we're, we're trying to, we're fighting against social injustices, but there are black people who, who don't want to do it. Yeah. Hence they would rather try to stay safe. Than fight. Yeah. Uh, it was a line uh, If you haven't found something worth um, If a man can't find something worth dying for He ain't fit to live mm-hmm. Kind of summed up there And yeah this is The only the thing. So the thing that makes me saddest about About Public Enemy Is the fact that I feel like at this point They've been reduced to The sideshow that is um, Why can I think of his name? Why can I think Real Chance at Love? Uh, flavor of Love. Yes. Flavor of Love. Flavor of Flav. Um, that's what people really remember. They don't remember what Chuck D was talking about. They remember Flavor of Flav and the big clock and the silliness. And I mean, I guess maybe that helps sell records, but they were more than just that. And this song is one of those, like, if you really listen to the lyrics, and I, I would I would encourage, honestly, anyone who's listening to this episode, go to Genius.com and look up these songs that we're talking about. There's a lot of annotations about them yeah. um, that can give you a little bit of insight into what they're talking about. Because not every song is going to be, like, killing in the name of, where, you know, very it's very obvious what they're talking about. You know, sometimes there's going to be metaphors and things that you might not get offhand, but if you listen and you read and you read the annotations, they're very good at telling you what they're about. And there were, I mean, there were some moments in this, uh, and for those who are familiar with this song, this was, this was the theme song to Do the Right Thing, mm-hmm. um, which was a film that you, uh, that dealt with, that dealt with racial tension. Yeah. 
and in the song and in the film, you know, you, and like with that clip uh, at the beginning, you know, saying that people would rather switch than fight, you know, try to, I feel like staying safe or kind of ignoring the reality, um, making a reference to, to Elvis and John and, Wayne and John Wayne. Yeah. Uh, I think there was another uh, I made a reference to Don't Worry Be Happy Yeah, I mean, but he, he didn't like that that was the like number that. one song <laughs> who do you think would win Bobby McFerrin or Chuck D <laughs> in a fight yeah this Bobby McFerrin looks like he does um Heavy calisthenics. Yeah, he looks. He practices like tai chi or yeah, or something. Or maybe you know what? He might he might practice like Brazil, Brazilian jiu jitsu. For all we know, oh no, he looks a little wiry. Never mind. I might have been thinking of somebody else. He probably get beat up. No, well, I don't know. I I don't know if he he would get beat. Up. I mean, he could if he can get Chuck D's arm or leg and get him <laughs> a submission hold. Chuck need to tap out. That's how he win. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so that is Fight the Power by Public Enemy from their album Fear of a Black Planet or the theme song to Do the Right Thing. Um, either way, you uh, should be familiar with that song. All right, Ben. What's number two? Number two. Um, so this is the second song from this is the title track. What's going on? by Mr. Marvin Gaye. Another song that kind of is just so I was I was glad that we both chose these songs. Um this one's a little bit more laid back, you know, like whereas Inner City Blues is a little bit more like I say like like you, you you're watching and, and you're seeing what's going on. This is more of like he's kind of like he's just it's like he's talking to you in this one, you know? It's kind of like this one was um if if inner city blues was about was um, socially conscious about the state of affairs with mm-hmm. America, was what's going on more anti-war? Yeah, well, it's calling for peace. Yeah. I mean, he tells you right there, there's far too many of you dying. So of course you can you can look at it either way: too many black men dying, or just too many people dying in general but then you get to look at the um you get to look at the second verse war's not the answer so he's you know and of course um what year was this again uh 1971 yeah so um are we we're in vietnam at that point yeah so you know talking about you know let's get out of here so picket lines picket signs don't punch me with brutality like it's yeah like he, I feel like he's he is, and he that is a good point. He is talking to a little bit more of an, a wider audience with this song. Um, that's probably why they felt more comfortable covering it with the All Star tribute that we listened to before we started recording this. Yeah. If you have a second, go listen to it just for a second because it's pretty bad. Because at this point right here, where you get these this nice stream section, the ad lib vocals, um, I believe Ja Rule is rapping at this point. <laughs> And then, and then there's Nelly. And then Nelly raps and Nas and, and Eve. Eve. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe the really redeeming quality. Bono opens the song. I guess that's kind of cool. He probably never thought he'd cover Marvin Gaye. You know? 
But no, but I, I just really love this song. It's, it's very beautiful. And like we said, like this was this was uh, this is a hard album to put out. Yeah. And it says during phone conversations with Barry Gordy, who was vacationing at, in the Bahamas at the time, Gay had told Gordy he wanted to record a protest record. To which Gordy said in response, "Marvin, don't be ridiculous. That's taking things too far." He was a businessman. Uh, the songwriter, one of the songwriters, Ronaldo Obi Benson, uh, was he in uh, one of the founding members of the Four Tops? Okay. Uh, he witnessed a, pre- a police brutality incident during a protest, um, and then he started working with Al Cleveland, and then they started working with Marvin Gaye uh, to where some of his input on the song was inspired by the. 65 Watts riots uh, and which he asked himself with the world exploding around me how am I supposed to keep singing love songs yeah well sometimes you got you can't sometimes you gotta you gotta sing about what's around you um, and of course you don't always have to sing around about what's around you but like sometimes you just got to so one of the things and this is interesting because this is what I'm going to see this weekend the Detroit Symphony Orchestra um, played on this song as well and one of the things that I do like about this song the most and you know maybe it's the musician in me I love the production like it's an absolutely beautiful song with beautiful passages when he's not singing it's it's absolutely gorgeous it keeps you it, it still reels you in that's how good it is and to know that the Detroit Symphony Orchestra played on that that's kind of cool that's what I'm going to see this weekend so yeah all right so get to my number what number are we on? Two. Two. My number two. Alright, so my number two is um um a song that it always reminds me of, even though the song was written way before then. I, I always think of Emmett Till mm. with this song. And this is Strange Fruit. And I'm going to play the Nina Simone version. I was going to ask you, had you heard the... There's a Billie Holiday. There's a, hmm? Have you heard the ballad of Emmett Till? No, I haven't. Oh, I think that's a Bob Dylan song. Barren, strange fruit. Yeah, uh, this is a haunting song. <laughs> the song, uh, most famously, you may say most famously, um, uh, sung by Billie Holiday. Uh, I have a... A connection to the Nina Simone version because I heard it on an episode of Cold Case. Yes, of course. <laughs> was there a blue t- tint to the? <laughs> uh, it was black and white. Black and white. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the uh, the song itself, uh, written by Abel Miropol. Um, it was a poem, and it was uh, it was a protest against lynchings, yeah. and. Uh, he saw a photograph of the lynching of Thomas Ship and Abram Smith, and he published the po- the poem under the title "Bitter Fruit." And um, he asked others to set his to set the poem to music, and he ended up doing it himself. And um, uh, it gained some success, and. Um, he, it ended up be, you know, it ended up getting to Billy Holiday who recorded it and, you know, kind of took off from there. Um, 
Other artists who have covered it, uh, this Nita Simone version, uh, Renee Marie, Jeff Buckley, Susie and the Banshees, Jeff Buckley, UB40, um, I want to hear that. I bet it's haunting. Yeah. Um, and also Dee Dee Bridgewater has covered it. Uh, Billy Holiday's version was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And um, wow. I'm going to listen to that later. I didn't know he covered this. Um, the imagery of the song is, uh, I don't know if there's any other word to use other than haunting and it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes you think, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, uh, let you know what the, the episode of cold case, I, I, I know I reference it a lot and it's one of the cheesiest detective shows of all time, but there was an episode to where, uh, the show takes place in Philadelphia and there was an episode, um, where a family, a black family moved to this, uh, mostly or all white neighborhood in the sixties in 1963. And, um, a kid was found, uh, a kid was lynched. He was like 14, 15 years old. And the significance of it was that the, um, one of the detectives was the one who found the body and he was like 11 years old. Mm. He found the body, but, and they, and it was never found out who, who killed him. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, go through their investigation, everything. And, um, he was actually lynched the day of Martin Luther King's, I have a dream speech. That's how they wrote it in the story. Wow. Um, and each episode of cold case ends with some song that kind of sums up the episode. And they ended with strange fruit. And they went with strange fruit. Huh. Uh, loosely based on um, the 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 story for the episode itself, they used some elements from what from what what happened with Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is an it's one of those songs that are. If you had a soundtrack for the civil rights movement, this is definitely on there. Uh, and it's, uh, a, a lot of times, you know, if I ever hear the song, I have to like stop and like, kind of like get myself together just because of, um, how, like I said, with the imagery and how intense the song is mm-hmm. to me, um, to where I just have to, you know, kind of gather myself after hearing it because it's still, I think it's it's still relevant today, you know, where it's not black kids getting lynched, but they're getting shot by the police or otherwise. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's my number two. Um, and now we'll get to Ben's number one. Have you, so you said you had not heard though, the, the, it's not the, I thought it was the ballad of Emmett Till. It's the death of Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan. I thought so much trying to get in here. <laughs> Who is it? Um, so we're at number one, right? Yes. 
All right. So number one, so this is kind of a call back to one of Greg's um, changes. It's kind of slash the way it is. Um, both songs I feel are really good. I don't think it's uh, a coincidence that Tupac. Um, I don't know if it was really his choice to sample, but I don't. I don't think that it's by coincidence that these songs are kind of you know really kind of joined at the hip, if you will. Um, of course, you know the hook being that's just the way it is. Some things will never change. And then you have some, you know, you have a rapper, one of the, probably, you know, the most popular rapper at the time, you know, releasing a political song, releasing a song, a socially conscious song, if you will, about being black in America, um, especially being black in L.A., <laughs> out on the West Coast, where, like, you know, you, you had Rodney King happen, and, you know, the LAPD since, God, like, the, what, the 70s, if not the 60s, was known for police, for brutality against, um... Yeah, at least the 60s. Yeah, against blacks out in L.A. To where, you know, you know, people think, you know, the first time it happened was Rodney King. No, that's just the first time you saw it. Yeah, that's the first time someone had a, uh, had a, a camera. camera, you know. So, um, like, you think about, like, how long it's been going on. And you got to think, like, if it's been going on this long, it's ever going to stop. You know, some things will never change. That's just the way it is. You, you kind of start to get that thought. You know, pull a trigger, you know. It, it's just, like some of the imagery, some of the things he talks about um, are some of the same things that Bruce Hornsby is talking about, like we talked about in his song. Institutional racism, um, how, you know, did the civil rights movement really do what we what it was intended to do? Which is what I think he's asking on that last verse. You know, they passed Law 64 to give those who ain't got a little more, but it only goes so far. Um, there's a lot of change in others' minds when all they see at the hiring time is the line on the color bar. So all it means is just like, oh, we passed a law, but you know, all that has to happen is when you see that it's someone whose race you don't agree with, you're just going to reject them anyway. Some things will never change. They're talk. I mean, they're basically talking about the same thing. It's just you know different eras. One was in the '80s, one was in the '90s. But you made it in a sleazy way, selling crack to the kids. And just, he's, he ain't afraid to call out the people in his neighborhood. Yeah. Like, you're selling crack to kids. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, you, and that's the thing. So, you you can't be afraid to call out your own. How else are you going to see change? Yeah. yeah um, I think that's, that's one of the parts of it that... Um, that kind of stick out with, especially when, when like rappers make these socially conscious songs, going into uh, calling out black people who may be perpetuating the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he says it time for us as a people to start making changes. Yeah. Like, and this is kind of one of those songs at this point, I feel like he's talking to everybody, but it's, it's, it's one of those songs. It's like, like that message is almost similar to man in the mirror message. Like you need to, it starts with you. I, you know, I can sit up here and talk until I'm blue in the face about it, but you know, it, <laughs> it's almost like under saying y'all don't hear me. You just want to dance. Yeah. Like, is that's what this song is? Like y'all, y'all don't hear me. Y'all just want to, y'all just want a nice hook. Like, you know, <laughs> do we even, does anyone even, you know, start, stop to think about what Tupac is actually even talking about? Or are they just like, oh man, this, I love this song, you know? So, yeah. All right, so that is Ben's number one. Uh, changes slash the way it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that is. Was that prophetic? 
some rough, roughed up way back coming back after all these years rat tat 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 that's just the way it is yeah he was one of those um you know probably find out in the we didn't mention it but well, we mentioned it last year that it was going to be produced but the mini series about yeah. uh tubac and biggie's murder um about their murders to where both of them were kind of they were kind of expecting to be murder or something. Yeah. They were, they kind of like saw it coming, you know, they were going to, you know, live their lives until then. But, mm-hmm. um, it was just something they always felt was going to happen, um, uh, based on just how people interact with them mm-hmm. or, you know, if it was music beef petty or not. Yeah. Um, they just always felt like something was going to happen to yeah. them. And I felt that was kind of, that was well, when you make an album yeah. called ready to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is, um, that was Ben's number one. So my number one, um, another song that kind of defines the civil rights music, the civil rights movement. And, um, and it was made at a time where the person never really saw the success of the song, but it was one of the most, it was the most important song he ever wrote, I think to me. And this is a change is going to come by Sam cook. Uh, from his album, ain't that good news released in 1964, December 22nd, 1964, 11 days after his death. He was inspired by this song uh, by various events, including when he and his entourage were turned away from a whites-only motel in Louisiana. And um, uh, when they were turned away, um, (laughs) the story is that when they were turned away, his brother Charles protested uh, Sam was upset, yelling to see the manager and refusing to leave until he received an answer, like why they weren't being, why they wouldn't get a room. And his wife told him, uh, they'll kill you. And he said, they ain't going to kill me because I'm Sam Cook. And they had to persuade him to leave. Um, and they went to another hotel and the police were waiting for them. And they are arrested for disturbing the peace. And the New York Times reported uh, the following day with the headline, Negro band leader held in Shreveport. Uh, black people were upset, of course. Um, and so that wasn't, you know, the true story of what, what really happened is... Um, kind of up in the air everybody has their own different version yeah and he was also inspired by the song uh, Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan like he inspired a lot of people he did a really good cover of it too of Blowing in the Wind um, of course with the line you know how many roads must how many um, not forgetting the words how many is it how many roads must a young man cross before you call him a man mm, yeah. um, you know saying that he was inspired by you know like the feeling like it was a song that described race like you know how much must I do before you respect me as a person yeah and it's a damn good question <laughs> and Cook who would be inspired by this song 
he uh, he was moved that there was such this this incredible song about racism in America, and it came from someone who wasn't black. Yeah. And he was ashamed that he had not tried to write a song like that himself. Yeah, here it is. How many roads must a, must a man walk down before you call him a man? Um, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind, which I, I always liked that, that line. Um, but like we said, like folk music, Americana music is written by the downtrodden. Um, and it was something that, you know, this is maybe this is as close to black folk as you can get. But this is something that he understood that Sam Cooke understood. Um, had a wonderful voice that Sam Cooke and if you ever do get a chance you know listen to his his cover of Blowing in the Wind which that's interesting to see that that's what inspired him because I know that he covered it and did a really good cover of it so that's uh, that's wild now it was released as a uh, a single in 1964 uh, 11 days after his death but he had actually performed it uh, months earlier uh, he performed it on the Johnny Carson show mm. and uh, his manager like had to like convince him to perform the song on Johnny Carson rather than um, his song Ain't That Good News mm. that's the album that it was on yeah. um, and then it was also performed on the Ed Sullivan show so people got to hear it um and uh but as far as people being able to buy it it wasn't until after he passed but that's my number one song uh and also i wanted to point out two of the most significant uses of the song in film i thought you were gonna say cold case <laughs> no it was not used on cold case um you see malcolm x yes the it's been a while but yes uh, towards the end of the film mm-hmm. as Malcolm is, is going towards the, uh, um, it's called the Harlem Audubon ballroom. Um, and it, you know, this was a Spike Lee film. So of course it had the, the, the floating dolly shot <laughs> as he's he, going he, down the yeah, street, but it was to that. this song. Um, and it was also used, um, there was a live version in the, uh, the film Ali. It's a really good movie. Had really good music in it too. So, um, so yeah, two significant uh, instances in which the song was used in film. Um, but yeah, that will do it for our because five socially conscious songs. Um, you let us know what your favorites are. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, he might be the best singer on this list that I'm looking up and down. I, I know I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, but I love Sam Cooke's voice. Yeah. You know who'd like try to imitate him who? his whole career? And it just it just never was going to work. Rod Stewart. I can hear that. He's tried to sound like Sam Cooke his entire career. I could. Yeah, I totally hear that. Tell me British people, man. <laughs> <laughs> They have an, they have an appreciation for soul music that I don't think Americans will ever understand. Yeah, they they do care more. They just ca- exactly they just care more. They just care more. You got your earworm? Yes, have my earworm of the week. Uh, this is on my Discover Weekly playlist last week. Shout and, out to uh, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and uh, I really like this song. It's a it's a new song by Grammy nominee Khalid. <laughs> oh, he can be that now. <laughs> yes, we can call him that. Well, have you seen now in Netflix? Um, on Dave Chappelle's special, now it says Grammy winner, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> That's what you got to call it now. Yep. Uh, but this is Grammy-nominated Khalid and another artist uh, named, uh, it's either pronounced Normani or Normani. It's probably Normani. That probably sounds cooler. Um, <laughs> and they, they it's a duet, the rare pop duet. Um, and I'm not talking about like, one sings, one raps. I don't think they both sing on it. Uh, so that's a feature. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a feature either. No, it's not. But this is a Khalid and Normani, uh, and the song called love lies. Uh, it's on my we lit playlist. Uh, I rather enjoy it. So this is love lies by Khalid and Normani. And we'll be right back. Sorry if it's hard to catch my vibe mm-hmm. I need a lover to trust, tell me you're on my side Are you down for the ride? It's not easy for someone to catch my eye Ay. But I've been waiting for you for my whole damn life My whole lifetime Don't be afraid to tell me yeah, you're so independent It's hard for me to open up, I'll admit it You got some shit to say and I'm here to listen So baby, tell me where your love lies Waste a day and spend the night Underneath the sunrise Show me where your love lies I've been so into your mystery Is it because Love Lies by Khalid featuring Normani, or Khalid and Normani, however you want to put that. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. 
and that it's on our BTTYC Irwin's playlist right now. All right, so that will bring us to the end of our program. Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Yeah. So if you're watching us, of course, and we'll wait for how you doing, um, you have found our Facebook page. Um, if you are watching us and you're not on our Facebook page, please tell us how you found us <laughs> because <laughs> this is on our Facebook page. So, But if you are watching our Facebook Live, we, we really do appreciate that. Um, Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this, um, in case you're listening, um, you can check out our website also, um, by the time you hear this.com blocks our website, check us out. Um, the, um, if you want to catch us on Instagram, you can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this, the website and the Facebook page are both spelled with the word you, the Instagram, as well as our email address at gmail.com are spelled with the letter U, And that is because we're upstanding and not under investigation. It's all about the U. Um, I don't think anything else is broken on that other than the 13 people they indicted. It's if you haven't like read about what they did, it's some messed up stuff. We'll, we'll talk offline about yeah. it. Um, so, um, and as Greg said, if you want to listen to us on the go, because we are definitely an on the go society, <laughs> um, check us out on iTunes. Um, if you have an Apple device, um, Google music, if you have an Android device, um, Podomatic, if you just have anything, because I think that's everywhere. Um, Auto Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, CastBox. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, you can find us on those or any other podcast aggregate um, application for your phone. You know what we need to figure out? How to find us on a Windows phone, because I know someone has one. <laughs> If you if you have a Windows phone, if you want to find us, do they still make new ones? I don't know. I was gonna say go to your store and trade in your phone <laughs> and get a get a you know a grown man phone, <laughs> and then you can hear us. Um, because I have no clue what apps are on a Windows phone or if they even still make them. Um, yeah, let us know if they still make those if you have one. Yeah. So yeah, check us out. We'd love to hear from you too. Leave us a review on iTunes or on Google Music. Drop us a line at our email address. Um, post on our wall on Facebook. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear it from you. All right, that will do it for our show tonight. Uh, thank you, everyone who is uh, watched and who will download later. Tell your friends. Um, there is a, a song I wanted to end this with. Uh and it it, it it was another one that almost made my list, mm. but I wanted to use the cover version of it because it's one of my favorite covers ever. Um, and I don't know if I played, I need to check one. I don't know if I played this on uh, a previous episode. I don't know if it was an earworm previously. Probably not. Um, check one place here. No, it wasn't. It was not a, it was not a previous earworm, but um, when they play this, this is um, a cover of Jesus Children of America. Ooh, okay. Uh, by the Robert Glasper Experiment featuring Layla Hathaway and Malcolm Jamal Warner. I have heard this. You played it for me once. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where, but you played it. For I don't me think once. it was on the, it wasn't on this podcast though. Okay. Um, This song, it actually won a Grammy when it mm. came out. This, this version of it. So we'll play that to end the show. Uh, Jesus Children 
Jesus Children by Robert Glasper, the Robert Glasper Experiment, Leila Hathaway, and Michael Jamal Warner. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. to pass.